So October is literally my favorite month of the year. I mean, mine is September, but go off. Okay. Okay. But here's the case for October. Oh. October is when things start cooling down. Okay. It has Halloween. So it's spooky season now. Spooky. And that means there is actively, sans the winter holiday season, the best decorations. We've been decorating our apartment these past couple days. So we've just been buying all these cute lights and... Yes, and getting all the the little bats up. Yes. Yes. My favorite is we got these little lights that have little ghosties on them and they have the tiniest little smiles. They're so cute. And we have been just blasting spooky video game music playlists and we just bought Luigi's Mansion 3 so we can play a Halloween-y game that isn't horror because we're both cowards. I'm a weenie. And so am I. Let's go Weenie Hut Jr. Oh my gosh. But hello and welcome to ThoughtCast, the podcast where we talk all about video games and anime. Mm-hmm. If you like this podcast, maybe you listened to our podcast last week and you're like, I want to give this another go. Make sure to rate us five stars, like the podcast, give us a thumbs up, follow, subscribe, whatever it is on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, and so would the algorithm gods, which would make us happy too. <laughs> oh, the algorithm gods being in their favor is my favorite thing. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're almost harder to please than the RNG gods. <laughs> Rip. Rip. So we have an awesome show planned for this week where we're going to be talking all about the new news for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl in Legends Arceus, a new theme park that's coming to Japan, Sony acquiring Bluepoint Games, Allie has some game dev news that she wants to share. Always. And then talking about various anime news, My Hero Academia had season finale, some Dr. Stone, and Jujutsu Kaisen. So we've got a lot to talk about this week. I mean, let's get started then. Okay, <laughs> let's just dive into it. <laughs> Alrighty, well, first let's talk about Pokemon, because <laughs> your girl loves some Pokemon, especially if it's Gen 4. <laughs> I feel like you're so stoked for these announcements in particular, because you have always been Gen 4, straight up your best generation. Yeah, I have been around ever since the days of those super just, I don't know, like crappy videos where people are filming in their bedrooms on uh, like Logitech webcams and they go, Mm -hmm. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl are so slow. And I just can't stop thinking your video quality is bad. (laughs) Who are you to talk? Gen 4 is great. Do not sass me. So, yes. The fact that these remakes are coming out, just, it validates something in me that the YouTubers of, like, 2009 ever did. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that something that's really making me thrive about these remakes, in particular for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, is that everyone was hating on them as they were being announced and revealed because it was, quote-unquote, a faithful remake And everyone was like, this has to be crap. This is going to be terrible. They're going to make it one-to-one diamond and pearl. This has some dope stuff in it that Mm -hmm. was not in the original diamond and pearl. Mm -hmm. And the more they reveal about it, the more excited I get. 
Yeah, and it's so funny because the community gets so split on things, and Pokemon, the community is just the Wild West. Like, you never know what you're going to get when you log on to Twitter. Yeah. But, so, for example, <laughs> I say that because the first bullet point on my list is the Poketch. So, we got mm-hmm. a new all-purpose Poketch, and some people are very upset because it doesn't have two buttons like it does in Platinum. It only has one button like it did in Diamond and Pearl, which means <laughs> that you can't go back. You have to cycle through all of the Poketch apps in order. Well, we don't technically know that yet, but yeah. that's what you can assume if it's based on Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. So that's the downside of the Poketch. But more importantly, I feel like we're ignoring the fact that now hidden moves you don't have to teach them to your Pokemon. They exist in the Poketch, and then a wild Pokemon comes and helps you out to use the hidden moves. You don't have to t- deal with HMs anymore. And I, they did not make that clear enough in no. this trailer. We're getting this straight from Nintendo's website, so it's official. You don't need to teach HMs to your Pokemon, which is so nice. Yeah. Because we haven't had HMs for a while. And if they did backpedal... To the generation where HMs were probably the most egregious. <laughs> yes. That would be ridiculous. And I love how self-aware they are with oh, mm-hmm. Bieberel being <laughs> one of the ones oh that gosh. can like rock climb and stuff. I love that. That makes me so happy. They could have chosen any Pokemon. They <laughs> chose Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. The thing that stood out to me, and I think most people in this trailer was Amity Square having all six of your Pokemon being able to follow you. That's a dream. That's literally like you're in the Pokemon anime. Yeah, and you can adjust the camera angle. You can adjust the zoom level and take photos and videos with your Pokemon, which is absolutely adorable. And and you can make Poffins with all of them there with you. Oh, it's so love, sweet. I, I missed Poffins. I don't even know what it was about Poffins, but I loved Poffins so much. Can we talk about how they tried to do this in Sword and Shield? And don't get me wrong. I'm one of the very few Sword and Shield defenders. I thoroughly enjoyed Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. One of the most fun generations, in my opinion. Very hot take. Please don't click off this podcast right now if you disagree with me. But this feels like a much better version of the campsite. Mm-hmm. Because the campsite was whatever. You could cook with your Pokemon and it was fine, but it was super scuffed. It was not fun. I used the campsite like three times. I did not enjoy it. This seems like a way more fun version of that. And bringing back Poffins... Brings back one of my favorite things from the original Diamond and Pearl and the original Ruby and Sapphire, which is training up contest stats. Yeah, so that they can be cooler or cuter or whatever. Or more beautiful. Yeah. And I don't know why I love Pokemon contests. I've always loved Pokemon contests. And so being able to do that again in this much more elevated kind of space. Oh, I'm living for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we also got to see some other little details like stuff that was already in Diamond and Pearl. And there was no reason for them to cut it or talk about it really. But it was just like, hey, you want to hang out with Cheryl? She'll heal your Pokemon when you're in the forest and it'll be great. Yeah. 10 out of 10. And I'm like, I loved Cheryl, my green queen. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Green queen. I loved her. <laughs> and then getting combies off of the honey trees, mm-hmm. which I hope they fix the honey trees in this game so it's not a painful process. Yeah. Didn't they already show Munchlax and how you can yes. get Munchlax just 
in the wild. Yes. Or, or at least underground, I think, is what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, the underground, that's a whole different topic for another day. But that's looking great. As for Legends Arceus, this is a game that I personally am really, really excited for, but also kind of timid about. Oh? So... I think it's going to be incredibly fun, and I don't even think it looks bad. I just don't personally like the art style, like from a personal subjective standpoint. Mm. I'm just not a super big fan of the the color palette specifically that they've chosen for the game. It's not vibrant enough for your neon soul. Yes, exactly. But I like kind of that watercolor vibe that they have going for it. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I don't personally resonate with as much as the hyper vibrant brilliant diamond shining pearl. I understand. Well, um, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I'm super stoked. Although I will be honest, uh, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I'm a weenie. I can't handle things chasing me in games. <laughs> uh, in Breath of the Wild, I I went over mountains to avoid enemies. I would not go near <laughs> them. True. I had the worst gear and it was a good time. It was great, you know, and uh, here we are in this game (laughs) where there are there are many aggressive Pokemon, uh, one of them being the alpha Pokemon that are stronger than their regular counterpoints. They have red eyes. They're (laughs) aggressive. They chase you and they attack players. And one of the reasons why I've loved Pokemon is because I knew that I could never get hurt. Call me selfish. I'll let my Pikachu fall over. I don't care, but I don't want to get hurt. I'm scared. You have a little being that can summon thunder and lightning. I can't handle that. But now they're going to be chasing me in an era in which hospitals don't even exist. (laughs) I mean, there's like medical camps. They're so scuffed. Have you watched Game of Thrones? But but there's, there's like a bed. There's a whole cot. Yeah, there's a whole cot for you. What's wrong? That'll handle all of your burns and (laughs) shocks from lightning just fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) A Gyarados mauls you. Don't worry, walk it off. (laughs) A cleaver mauls you. Which, okay. No. We need to talk about a frenzied Pokemon, which we saw a frenzied cleaver. And oh, I, which is just, which is just even scarier Frenzy for you. Is awful. <laughs> but noble Pokemon, mm-hmm. those look sick. Which Cleaver is one of them. That yep. Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware yet, Cleaver, the axe Pokemon that they showed off, is a branch evolution of. Scyther. So Scyther can evolve into either Caesar or Cleaver, depending on what it is. And it's a bug rock type, which I think is so sick. Yeah, but okay. So noble Pokemon are cool, but they get frenzied. Yeah. So like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> You're out. You're <laughs> out. I'm out. I was it when we were watching the trailer that it might have been an alpha. I don't remember. But Ursaring chasing after you and then. Oh, in oh, the no. past trailer. Yeah, in the past one, just, no, I can't. I'm scared. I'm scared of this game, but I think it's so pretty and I want to play it, but I'm scared. <laughs> we'll, we'll like trade off. We'll just play it together. You explore because you'll take in the world a little bit better than me and I'll do the battles. Okay, that's good. I yeah. like that. Teamwork. Yeah, and also Cleaver's as tall as you. Oh, wow. 5'11". Wow. What a king. <laughs> what a king. Or a noble. Oh, true. Ooh. True. So anyways, I really, (laughs) (laughs) the customization options are also fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. They've, they've just been getting better with that as the series has gone on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think is really funny is the photography studio. Because the photos they were showing were like really clear and crisp photos. And all I could think was, nah, camera technology was not that good then. But at the same time, we also have a phone called yeah. the Arc Phone. I wonder if there's uh, going to be like a time travel element to this. I don't, I mean, the device seems to have some sort of strange power that can help guide players on their journey, so maybe. I also love the Nintendo website. They're, they're, (laughs) I don't know what they're trying to do, but they go, its distinctive appearance might lead one to suspect it has some connection to the mythical Pokemon Arceus. (laughs) When it literally is the silhouette of, like, Arceus's hips. (laughs) Really? Who would have thunk it? But yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some time travel element. It's Pokemon. Who cares? (laughs) We just accept what we're given at this point. But that's essentially all there is for the Pokemon news. Yes, yes, yes. But that doesn't end the Nintendo news because we got an announcement from Universal Studios Japan that a Donkey Kong expansion is going to come to Super Mario World in 2024. And, and, because I've seen a lot of videos of Super Mario World, and it looks fantastic, it looks really cool, but everything that I've seen, everything I've heard people say, everything I've just thought about it, is that it looks really compact and small. But with this new Donkey Kong expansion... It's going to increase the park's size by 70%. That's crazy. So almost doubling it. Yeah, and it's going to have a roller coaster, interactive experiences, themed merchandise, food, you know, the the whole thing. The whole shtick. The whole shtick. Which I get why they're doing Donkey Kong next after Mario. I mean, they're two of the most iconic franchises. They go very well hand in hand with one another. But... (laughs) Why not Zelda? I feel like Zelda is built for a theme park experience. You're right. And maybe that's just because I'm a Zelda fanboy. I don't know. Donkey Kong just seems like an odd choice to be number two after Mario because they haven't really been going that hard with Donkey Kong, you know? When was the last good Donkey Kong game that was new? I think... Yes, they ported Tropical Freeze onto the Switch, but that's very much a Wii U game. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. It just seems like an. I guess Donkey Kong's very recognizable, but I don't know. I question the decision. Huh? That said, <laughs> what do I know? I work for a university. <laughs> I'm not some high up Nintendo exec. So that's all. That's well. That's good. We're probably never going to go to Universal Studios Japan. But what we are going to experience is this new acquisition from Sony. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So Sony acquired Bluepoint Games, which they're a studio behind a bunch of remasters and remakes that I'm sure some of you at least are very familiar with. Oh, just a few small titles. (laughs) You know, just like... Demon Souls and Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> oh, in uh, those remasters of that little franchise, I think it's called what is it? Uh, Uncharted. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, and Gravity Rush. Uh, yeah, oh. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, so just 
few small teeny little games and I think that this just makes sense for Sony. They've been working so closely with Bluepoint as is, and they've already been making those PlayStation exclusives. So why not just acquire, nail that in? When it comes down to it, the console wars are very real. Yeah. Still, whether people like it or not. And so regardless of whether this is good for people who just like games, regardless of what console they have or not, This is a smart move by PlayStation, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's actually one that's been in the works for a while because they accidentally leaked this information in June. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. With a previous acquisition, I forget who, they accidentally included an image that said, welcome to the family to Blue Point in June. (laughs) And so they were like thanking whoever they just acquired, but included an image thanking Blue Point. So yikes. But so I guess this doesn't come as a surprise to a lot of people. But if you didn't see that leak, here's the info. (laughs) They've officially made it official. They have. (laughs) So... That's fun. That's interesting. I think it's smart, even if it's just giving Bluepoint more funds to make the the great games that they've been making, whether they be remasters, maybe they get their own IP. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, hot take from someone who works in a game studio. If you're really close to Sony, (laughs) you can get in there and have them accept your art on time and like accept all of your copy It's been very well documented at this point that it's hard to get in touch with Sony. So as a game developer, pretty ideal. Pretty ideal. If you can get in there and have the contacts and the email and like it all works, you're acquired. Very nice. Very convenient. Yeah. (laughs) And working with publishers is honestly not great. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far to say it's the worst experience, but you really take your game and your career and kind of your life into your own hands with that. Also very well documented from other game devs. Some publishers are very scary to work with. Mm. So the fact that they don't have to worry about that anymore, very good for them. Proud of them. Keep making great remakes. Keep doing it, Blue Point. And hopefully original IP. Yeah. I, unless they don't want to. I don't know. Bluepoint may have some great IP that I just don't know about. Yeah. But they are the best known for all of these remakes and remasters. So mm-hmm. keep doing what you do best or make something cool, interesting, and new with the new PlayStation money you'll be getting. Yeah. Congrats on not having to rework your ads a million times because <laughs> hey. now you got that sweet, sweet Sony contact. Hey. Okay, but on to some more game dev news. Ooh. Alrighty, so we have the Unity for Humanity Summit coming up on October 12th. Highly recommend it's free. Ooh. And if you don't know what Unity for Humanity is, this summit is all about presenting a call to action for imagining, designing, and creating a healthier and more inclusive, equitable, and sustainable world for everyone who uses real-time 3D tech, like in general, like all of that tech. So there will be speakers who are talking about environment, speakers who are talking about environment, sustainability, education, and inclusive economic opportunities, and healthcare and well-being, and just like all of the tools that you need for change makers. A lot of these talks look so freaking cool. 
If you use Unity, especially if you are a game dev, please check out this. Just like listen to it in the background while you're working, like whatever. It's free. Like you'll get access to all of the talks. And it's all about how you can set up your company or your job or anything with game dev to be economically inclusive or reduce barriers in healthcare training or just like literally anything like that. Enabling empathy and innovating all across the board. It's so good for game dev companies. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said it's free. It's literally free. So even if you're not a game developer, which I would say that probably 99.99% of people listening to this aren't game developers. Yeah. It might be interesting for you to see what actually happens behind the scenes within these development studios for people who actually use Unity so that you can actually get a better understanding of game development. Or maybe you want to be a game developer in the future and just want to know more about the industry and what those trends are. This would probably be a great resource for that, just to get a better appreciation of what people do to make the games and experiences that we love so much. Yeah, and it's nice because they have talks for people who are beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So if you're advanced, then maybe you want to check out all of those training videos and talks that I was talking about where it's more in depth on one specific part of game dev. But if you're new, they have this one talk called you can do it, create your first game with unity. And then there's another one that's a unity essentials workshop where someone literally workshops with you on creating your first RT3D experience with unity. Like that's amazing. So it's free. Definitely check it out. Once again, it's called Unity for Humanity, the 2021 Summit. Mm -hmm. Another big festival that's coming up is IndieCade. So if you're into indie games, or if you just like supporting game devs in general, highly recommend checking out IndieCade. It's coming up at the end of October, October 22nd to the 24th, and the award ceremony is on the 24th. But until then, you can check out the 48 indie games that are up for an award right now. So if you're just getting into indie games and you don't know where to start, but you want to try games that you know at least are really good, great selection there for you. And then Mm. if you like one of them, then you can root for it to win, which is fantastic. And I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that they're giving out demos for most of these games. So you can try them out for free too, Ooh. which is even better. And Indicate is also for free, giving you all of the game dev things for free, always. That's So dope. yeah, Indicate, definitely check it out. We love indies here. Yes, definitely. So moving on to some more anime-centric news, My Hero Academia just had the season five finale. Yep. And... Just so you are aware, it ends off in a very juicy spot. So if you've been waiting to binge all of this season until it's over, it's over now. I don't want to spoil anything. No. (laughs) But it's very interesting, the things that they are setting up Mm -hmm. moving forward. So if you want to catch up with that, definitely do that now. Yes. Also, while I was looking at the My Hero Academia news... Something came up that I wasn't even aware of, and neither were you. So let me give you some anime news that I wasn't aware of. Are we going off the script? We're going off the script. Oh my gosh. So we're recording this on October 2nd. Yes. 
And it turns out that apparently the second season of Yashihime just came out today. Ooh. So I watched all the season one and I've been getting drawn into Inuyasha. So now we're definitely going to have to watch season two. Uh, I'm excited. But yeah, I had no idea. I've been waiting for that announcement and I guess it just never showed up on my Twitter feed for some reason. So if you also weren't aware, it's out. So you can go watch episode one. Ooh. Yes. Gonna have to check that out once I finish Inuyasha, which is definitely an uphill climb. You're right. (laughs) But speaking of things that are coming out soon, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dr. Stone's manga is entering its final arc, which... It's been tortured. So if you're not aware, Dr. Stone is one of my favorite anime, bar none. It may be my favorite anime. I love Dr. Stone so much. And so this news that the final arc is about to start, if the manga finishes before next season comes out, I may just binge the manga because I need more Dr. Stone content. But the only thing keeping me from reading the manga was the fact that it was not done. Yeah, same. I uh, <laughs> I wanted to read it so bad because I, I can't take it. There are so many juicy secrets and I need them to all be revealed to me. I can't handle it because I know that they have reasoning for it. It's Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole reason why they're taking a little break before starting the next issue is because they need to go do research. Like, what? It's such a well-informed series on the topics that they are actually talking about while also going into some like socio-political ideas that I love this show. I love the characters. Senku is my boy. And I just found out recently, recently being within the last month or two, that Senku's English voice actor oh is the same voice actor for... Kakuru Maname, the best character in Fruits Basket, which, oh. if you're not aware, <laughs> is an anime that me and Allie have talked at length about on our YouTube channel. Never seen it. Never seen it. Never, never heard of it. But, <laughs> oh, so I just live for that, that there's that little crossover. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I'm very excited, mostly because that means that I can start reading the manga. Mm. And I can't wait to read the manga. I've been waiting for so long. So yes, they'll be taking a little break before they return with the 45th issue, which is coming on October 11th. And it's literally just so they can do research. I love that so much. That's so that's so Dr. Stone of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think that the final piece of news is also manga related. And this comes in no surprise to me at all. But the Jujutsu Kaisen manga's circulation jumps 650% to 55 million copies since the anime debuted. Dang. So the amount of copies they've sold of this manga has jumped by 650% just because the anime showed up. That shows the power anime can have for selling the manga. That's nuts. Like I knew at a certain point, and especially with shoujo, anime is used to sell the manga, but like, hello. <laughs> yeah, that's a mind-boggling statistic. Whew. I mean, I know that the the anime has been so well received that it shouldn't be that surprising, but oh, we need to finish that anime actually. Yeah, my my friend Nicole, who I don't think listens to the podcast, if she does, 
hi, Nicole. I didn't <laughs> know you listened to the podcast, but my friend Nicole got us into JJK. And yeah, uh, we kind of fell off and I, I think she's still mad at us for it. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get back into it. Yeah. But that's about all the news that we have for this week. Yeah, there was a lot that happened. Some of it we didn't even realize until we were in the middle of recording. Yeah, but do you know what's something that I can't stop thinking about lately? What is it? Is it our anniversary of dating, which is today? Ooh, it's... Yes, but that's not where I was going. Oh, rude. (laughs) But it does have to do with our relationship. Oh, cute. Yeah. It's when we were moving into our apartment, how obsessed with the show Horimiya we were. Oh my gosh, we were. Oh, it was so cute. It was. So before Allie and I got married, we got ourselves an apartment. It didn't make sense for us to move into the apartment yet because I was getting my master's, Allie was working, and we were just so far away that if we moved in, I would have a ridiculous commute every day. So I just couldn't do that. But we wanted to make sure that The apartment was set up by the time we both actually were able to move into it. Mm -hmm. And so every week we would come to the apartment and just build Ikea furniture. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was kind of a slog. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) But the one thing that helped us to get through that was the weekly episodes of Horimiya. I loved it so much because it was so cute. It was just such a cute thing to watch. And we got so invested in the characters and the ships that we had. And like, who was going to end up with who of the secondary yes. characters? It w- We almost treated it as like a little bit of a reward for ourselves mm-hmm. at the end of each day. So we'd come in to this barren, like whatever apartment. And we had, all we had was a teeny little TV that we would just have on the floor because we didn't even have a sofa yet. We had nowhere to sit. True. And we would just sit there with a big, (laughs) I don't know if you've seen those big Walmart bins of cheese balls (laughs) and maybe some fast food or something. Yeah. And we would just reward ourselves for a hard day's work because it was cold. It was February. Yeah, it was cold. And I I just remember us... (laughs) Like coming in with our coats and then having nowhere to put them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then we'd went, well, I'm remembering when we got the couch. So we had a couch set up and a coffee table mm-hmm. in front. And we would take this teeny TV and we would have to stretch the cord all the way across. I think even with an extension cord. Yeah, we too, had to extension cord it. Across the living room. The wasn't the TV also like kind of broken? Yeah, the stand for it was wobbly. <laughs> yeah, so it would shake back and forth, and yeah. so we had to get just right, and we would just enjoy Horimiya. Which that show, I have never been more devastated that a show did not get a second season mm-hmm. because that is that is one of my favorite shoujos. Yeah, I mean, ever. it was our comfort show. It was our comfort show because. I think at that point, Fruits Basket was on break. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, between seasons. Yeah, because it didn't uh, start the new season until April. Yeah. And so we just had that to latch on to. I mean, I was watching Attack on Titan at the time, but I wouldn't call that a comfort show. 
Uh, no. No, yeah, that's, it's very, who, yeah. But every single one of the characters, I love, in brief spoilers, nothing too crazy for Hoimia, but if you're planning on watching it or reading it and you don't want any spoilers, just go to the next section of the podcast. We'll have timestamps in the description down below. But the thing about Horimiya that made me look forward to it every single week is because the pining didn't overstay its welcome. True! So many shows like that, I feel the pining is just the entire show and you don't get payoff until the last episode. And then you never get to see them actually in a relationship, which is the actually interesting part. Mm-hmm. And... So many shows do that, and it's so frustrating to me. Same. I I mean, at this point, I can't handle anything where they don't end up at least in some type of relationship that gets sealed with a kiss. So I'm at the point now where before I start a shoujo, I just type in name of shoujo and kiss. <laughs> and if nothing comes up, then I'm like, I can't handle this right now. I need I need a relationship. Okay. <laughs> For me, if it's a romance one like that, it, they need to be in a relationship more than they're not. Yeah. Unless there's a really intricate plot that accompanies it. Yeah. But if it's strictly romance, like it is with Horimiya, and it, I mean, that's also friend group and slice of life, and it's just it's just a fun show all around. I need it to have that resonance in the development of that relationship. Because... Who cares if you don't actually get to see the relationship? Because the very beginning of the relationship is the easiest part. That's the butterfly part. You don't actually get to see the nuance of them growing with each other. And that's that's the most interesting part of a relationship. I agree. And so shows like this one and Wotakoi, mm-hmm. which is such a good show too, if you haven't watched it. Uh, they make me so happy and so as we were moving into the apartment it was nice to be able to watch a show like that as we are approaching marriage and we are continuing to develop in our own relationship and kind of seeing that kind of youthful relationship where they're just starting to date and get to know each other oh no it was just really it was really fun and it made me look forward to coming to the apartment and just slaving away on ikea furniture day in day out Sometimes it didn't even build correctly. Oh my goodness. TV stand. Oh my goodness. We had a TV stand that didn't... Ikea gave us the wrong part. So we literally could not build it. We just had a broken TV stand that the wire of the TV went over so it could reach our coffee table. Yes. That's what it ended up being. Oh, that was so sad. And we didn't even get the TV stand that we wanted from Ikea. We had to go to Walmart to get one. Walmart. And it added two months. It took us two months to get that resolved. (laughs) It was a wild ride. So that we could get our money back. Anyways, we are super digressing into that. That TV stand, just, mm, that was a debacle. But yeah, Horimiya is a delightful show. Mm -hmm. That makes me so happy. I can't talk highly enough about that show. The animation, the opening. The opening was so good. I still listen to the opening. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. The visuals make no sense at all. But it was such a bop and the visuals were awesome. I thought that was going to be the edgiest show I ever watched from the trailer and the opening. Mm -hmm. 
It was not. No. No. But should we get into what we are playing and what we are watching? You betcha. What did we just beat? We just beat Near Replicant. Mm -hmm. And so we have gotten endings A through E. Yep. In Near Replicant. And what a journey, specifically ending E, is. Oh my gosh. I... That game was crazy. There's so many layers to why that is such a good game. Some we've already talked about. But the way that they make you connected with each and every character in that game is so superb. Yeah. I loved the relationships between the characters and the sassy remarks, the fantastic dialogue, the cutscenes that make you feel for each and every one of them. And I don't know, just the mental gymnastics you have to go through to play this game. I mean, it's a near game. You're going to have mental gymnastics regardless. But geez, I loved that game through and through. Yeah. And I think the only thing that I can say is something that I don't love about it is that to fully understand the context of what's happening in this game, you need to play a completely different franchise from Yoko Taro, and that's Drakengard, so that you can understand why the events are happening in this game and how you got to this point in the game. And so literally, after we finished the game, Ali and I still had so many questions that just actively are not in the game itself. They're, they're not answered in the game. Nope. You just need to have the context of Drakengard. And so we just, we had to watch some explained videos, some yeah. analysis videos, explaining how we got to the point that we're at. Yeah, big shout out to one of our community mods, Eli, on oh, our Discord. Yes. Eli pulled through with all of the best videos to watch. Big shout out. Big thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Alrighty. What else have we been playing? So, something else that we've already mentioned, but something that I really, I really want to dive into is Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. We beat that game right before Near Replicant. And if we had not played Psychonauts 2 this year, I think Near Replicant would have been my favorite game that we played this year. Really? Yeah. That said, we played Psychonauts 2 this year. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of my all-time favorite games now. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing but love for the whole team at Double Fine, especially... Fangirl moment, Chris Brown. Love Chris Brown, who did (laughs) the casting and directing uh, for vocals for the game. And I gotta say, voice acting in Psychonauts 2 was fantastic. It I don't really like voice acting in games, Mm. but just got a fangirl for a moment over Chris Brown because boy do I love her. And the voice acting in Psychonauts 2 is so on point. Because not only are the voices consistent for all of the characters who are returning from the original Psychonauts, which came out so long ago, they sound the exact same, which they should, because canonically, this game takes place only a day or two after the events of the original Psychonauts. So if their voices differed wildly, that would be super kind of jarring and apparent. A lot of people probably wouldn't have cared. Maybe a lot of people hadn't played the original and they're jumping straight into Psychonauts 2, which is completely fine. They do a good job at 
catching you up with everything that's going on in the world. But still, it's those small little details that make fans of the original feel very heard and understood and appreciated, while also providing this amazingly surreal and absurd experience for everyone who's just kind of diving in for the first time, like you. True. I had not played Psychonauts 1. I didn't really know much about it other than the Milkman video did really well on the channel. <laughs> I didn't really know anything. I just knew I am the Milkman and my milk is delicious. That's all I knew. Yeah. That's it. Yes, it. <laughs> but I love how in this game in particular, they, I think even better than the first one, they're able to look at mental health through a very objective lens and an understanding lens. You go into these mental worlds of all of these characters who are kind of struggling with their own internal demons in one way or another, but they never make these characters the butt of a joke. This is a very funny game, but it's also so empathetic. And so not making these characters the butt of a joke and the main character Raz is such an emotionally intelligent character, even though at times he makes some <laughs> questionable choices. True. But I feel like I can talk about this game for forever. Is there anything about the game, like something that stood out to you specifically, or maybe something that was unexpected? Because you didn't plan to play this game with me or watch me play it. Uh, I played it for sure. There were some areas where you couldn't get the platforming down and I was just great at it. <laughs> no, actually, there was one part that I, I beat for you. Yes. I don't want to give it away, but there was a... A race of some kind at some point. Oh, in the game. yes. Yeah. And so I, I won that because you couldn't get the timing down. Yes. So I did play Psychonauts 2. Kind of great at it. Just saying. No. no. <laughs> I don't really know. I I liked the mystery aspect to it because mm. I feel like with both games, from what I've heard, there's this kind of who done it type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I loved playing detective and trying to figure out who done it. And I got it right. You did, which I'm flabbergasted about that you figured it out because there were so many red herrings and sprinkling of, ooh, it could be this person. Ooh, it could be that person. Mm -hmm. Who is it? But this game, everything from the soundtrack to the way, if you're not familiar with Psychonauts, uh, the core concept is it's like any other platformer where you have collectibles and different levels. And so while a game like Mario, you enter levels through paintings in Super Mario 64, mm -hmm. in Psychonauts, you have a door that lets you enter their minds. And so you get all of these incredibly surreal kind of levels based around whatever that individual is coping with at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. So if a character is dealing with severe performance anxiety, let's say, their mind will represent that by illustrating circumstances in which that performance anxiety is heightened and distorted and made into a really interesting level to traverse. They approach topics like uh, PTSD, 
alcoholism, all without taking themselves too seriously, but still providing you with a context into these characters to make them incredibly deep and nuanced. And that's why I love this game so much, because I feel like a lot of games try to do this. They try to have this depth of character, but they try so hard that it almost takes away from it because they almost become caricatures, but that doesn't happen in Psychonauts 2. And that's why I cannot sing this game's praises enough because I was somehow able to get invested in so many of these characters, more than I have gotten invested in characters in large sprawling JRPGs where you spend hundreds of hours with characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think one thing that Psychonauts does really well is there are some games, and I learned about this from a narrative design talk that I went to at my studio, but basically there are some games where they try so hard to be authentic and really dive deep into educating themselves on how to present a certain topic or culture or type of person or whatever. They really do their research and they try so hard to represent this one group as accurately as possible. But sometimes when you're so accurate like that, it starts to look like a stereotype. Mm -hmm. It almost looks like you're making fun of that group. And Psychonauts had such great care. I feel like they had to have had sensitivity readers or something. Like I Mm. looked through all of the people that they gave in the credits and noticed some people from other studios that I know, which was really funny. And then I shot them some messages. But anyways, (laughs) that was funny. I was like playing I Spy with names I knew. I love being in game dev world. Anyways, okay. So that's one thing, a sensitivity reader, that I feel like they just had to have had. I mean, didn't they have, I can't remember exactly what the title was, but didn't they have a mental health counselor on staff Mm -hmm. kind of making sure that the way they're portraying some of these things is accurate to what the actual experience is like and they aren't misrepresenting it's like how a lot of studios would have like an an education specialist to make sure that they are educating if it's an educational game they're educating whomever is playing the game properly And I think Destiny 2, on their staff, they had a psychology specialist, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. who just made sure that they understood the psychology behind player interactions. Yeah. So, okay, it's like that. Okay. Yeah. I believe it was a specialist to make sure that they were representing the mental health things and depicting these topics as well as they could and doing that without making it caricatures or stereotypes or anything like that making sure that these are fully fleshed out and individualized human beings that just so happen to maybe struggle with this anxiety, maybe struggle with these different uh, topics. Sick. I cannot throw enough love this this game's way. So if you haven't played it, please, please play it. It is worth your time. It's an amazing platformer. If you like platformers, it has an amazing, mysterious story that will keep you hooked. And it's not that long. I want to say it was like 25 hours. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. It's nothing crazy. Very digestible game. And completing it, finding all of the collectibles, if you're a completionist, not that terrible either. 
So definitely give this game a look. It's very approachable. It's very accessible. Yes, they had such good accessibility options. And people were mad about the accessibility on it. People always get mad when there's options that don't apply to them. Yeah, there's there's a mode in the game that lets you continue going. Like, you can't die. And so if you aren't into challenge and you just want to experience the game and everything it has to offer and you don't want that challenge, or potentially that challenge is a barrier for you that maybe... Uh, for whatever reason, you can't overcome. And so you can't even play the game with like the level mechanics and dying and all of that. So having that invincibility feature, no one has to turn it on, but if it's a benefit to you because maybe you don't have the time, maybe you don't have the ability to play the game in some of these more difficult circumstances, which some of the boss fights can get difficult. Yeah, Specifically one that has to deal with goats. That's all I will say. (laughs) But oh my gosh. (laughs) Whoever made that boss, I want to... Anyways, it was very fun, but I had a very tough time with it. Anyways, but it gives you the opportunity to not get stuck there and continue forward. And I love that. And accessibility features are never a bad thing because you don't have to turn them on. So it doesn't affect anyone who doesn't need them. Go off, King. Oh, <laughs> accessibility features are always good. <laughs> I digress. But is there anything else about Psychonauts specifically that you wanted to talk about? Uh, good game, fun times. I love rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I I agree if, with that. If, if you've seen the Psychonauts environmental design, you'll know. <laughs> and if you've played the story, you will also know. True, true. Representation's awesome. Anyways, what are we watching? What are we watching? Uh, We watched the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions. And how did you feel about those first three episodes? Entirely opposite to how you felt about those three episodes. (laughs) So if you're not aware, Star Wars Visions has every episode made by a different animation studio. You actually told me that. I did. So we've only watched the first three episodes, so I'm not going to go into the other ones yet, Mm -hmm. but we've watched The Duel and Tatooine Rhapsody and The Twins. So my favorite episode out of all of those, I think was The Twins, Mm. which was animated by Trigger. And if you're familiar with them, they did Promare, fantastically animated movie. So that art style is so striking, so visually pleasing to me. I love the colors Mm. and I love fluffy white haired anime boys. So, I mean. What's there not to love? Duh. Of course I was going to love that episode, but (laughs) we have differing opinions. I did not like the twins. Why? So the animation was beautiful. And don't get me wrong. I cannot say anything but positive things about the animation. It just, I don't know, it didn't hit for me because it felt so cheesy. It was so cheesy, Allie. It's Star Wars. I know. And so saying it's cheesy is, (laughs) it's even cheesy for Star Wars. The the melodrama of it all was was too much. And I, I don't know, I couldn't get invested in either of these two. I couldn't be bothered to care about the conflict between these two siblings. 
it just, it, it didn't hit for me. Because if you look at a Star Wars lightsaber battle like theirs, it's just too much. Whereas if you look at a Star Wars lightsaber battle, like in the duel, the first episode, that episode, in my personal opinion, which you disagree with, encapsulated Star Wars so well. Just the intensity of the fight, the choreography of the fight. They didn't go coo it up and somehow make their lightsabers explode into beams of fire. They just dueled and it was brilliant and it was more of a duel of wits than anything else and this episode was animated by kamikaze doga which they've worked on small small little titles i don't know if anyone's ever heard of them like jojo's bizarre adventure very niche (laughs) i don't think a lot of people have heard of that one no (laughs) <laughs> but they also did that Batman movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so very well-known, very well-respected animation studio. And this is something that I would want to see more of. I want to see more of that main character in this episode. I want to see more of that aesthetic. But okay, so now it's my turn to talk about why I just didn't click with this episode. So... I, I don't know, I think there's kind of like an uncanny valley feeling to the animation. That's fair. And it's that blending of CG with traditional 2D cell animation that like, I just have never been able to get with. The only time I have ever surprisingly been okay with it, most of the time, was with Demon Slayer. That's the only time I've ever been like, Okay, I can get behind this. But every other instance that I've seen it, it usually just makes me feel weird when I look at it. That's fair. I I can definitely see that. And Demon Slayer's animation is transcendent. Yeah. And I think the color really helps Demon Slayer. Yeah. Because when you're working in just values, it's just all grayscale. And yeah, there were pops of color, like the blues and the greens and the reds. Yeah, but... They were so minuscule compared to the overall grayscale of it all. So it but was just But it made hard. it so striking I when know, the lightsabers. I know. It was really cool, but it the low contrast hurt my eyes. That's fair. Yeah. I guess I can see that. And we're not even talking about the second episode, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Tatooine Rhapsody. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I, it made me happy. I don't want to go too much into Tatooine Rhapsody. You just need to experience that one for yourself because it's it's a journey. That one was, and this one was done by the same studio that did Pokemon Twilight Wings, aka the best Pokemon series. <laughs> I love Pokemon Twilight Wings. No wonder I resonated with this one in particular. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I just looked ahead on who did other episodes and Trigger did another episode, episode seven. So now I'm very excited to watch that one. I hope you like the story of that one more. Yeah. I also don't think I could get past the fact that in the dub, Neil Patrick Harris was one of the voices in episode three. Oh yeah. I don't think that helped. No. All I could see was how I met your mother and it just, (laughs) I don't know. I can't see Neil Patrick Harris in an anime and take it seriously. (laughs) But yeah, so those are our thoughts on Star Wars Visions. 
as far as we've seen it yet. And obviously we're continuing with Hunter Hunter and Inuyasha, but there's nothing really new to report on that. It's They're a slow climb. Slow climb, but they're both spectacular. But I think the last thing that we wanted to do, we mentioned that we wanted to take questions for the podcast. And so we did get a question. We're going to stick it to one just to keep this episode around the hour mark. <laughs> so we got an email from I'm Watching You People. And their question was, which video games, manga, light novel, or webcomic would you like to see turned into an anime? Oof. Do I be basic? I mean, the answer is always Zelda. Yeah. Zelda is, and we've said this before, I think, in other circumstances, but definitely Zelda. Because the Zelda manga in particular is so good. Yeah, and the amount of references that they draw from Studio Ghibli animation, and especially Princess Mononoke, that is everywhere. Everyone's inspired by that movie. Mm. So I already could see it being a perfect anime. Like, it's already set up for that. And I've heard people say no, because Link is a... uh, Silent protagonist? Yeah. Yeah, but... In not the, in the manga, not, maybe. Not in the manga. And his personality is so good in the manga. It yeah. makes so much sense. And it feels like the same character in the games somehow, even though in the games he doesn't talk. So I think it would work perfectly as a manga. I'm not concerned about him being a silent protagonist, being given a voice, because he's been given a voice. He's been given character before in these various mangas. Obviously, The Majora's Mask Link is going to be different from the Four Swords Link. Of course. But I think that would be an amazing anime. But do you know what I think would also be an amazing anime? Just because we're on the topic. Nier. Oh, I was going to say it. Nier would be such an interesting anime. Take us from Drakengard all the way through Nier Automata. This could be such a long run. It could be a one piece if they wanted to be. Yoko Taro won't make it that easy to understand the story. I know, but- You're silly. I know, but it would be so good because even though in these isolated little games that we have, they're still compelling, even though we only have half the context most of the time. True. And so imagine if from start to finish, we were able to have a narrative like that, but eventually we were able to get all of the context in one medium. Oh my gosh, it would, the visuals lend itself so well to it inherently, mm-hmm. whether it's the shades in Near Replicant or the robots in Near Automata or all of the characters. It lends itself so well to an anime that it's never going to happen. I don't pretend like it's ever going to happen, but it makes so much sense for it to happen someday. Mm-hmm. And Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts would also be a good anime, and that might be happening on Disney+. Plus. Really? Yeah. Have you not heard? No. There's rumblings that there's going to be a Disney Plus Kingdom Hearts series. That makes me kind of nervous. I, I'm nervous just because we don't know what it is, and if it's its own standalone <laughs> story that ties in with the greater narrative, to be able to get the full Kingdom Hearts story, just like Nier, you'll have to play... The games, the mobile game, watch movies, Mm -hmm. and maybe a TV show. Yep. 
So that it's concerning, but I'm really excited about it too because I can't get enough Kingdom Hearts. Actually, the story of Kingdom Hearts in Near Replicant, shockingly similar if you really think about it. I didn't play Kingdom Hearts, so... No, well, I know, but if you played Kingdom Hearts and Near Replicant, just think about it. Just think about it. Nobody's heartless. Think about what those are. Just saying. Just saying. Replicants, just saying. But is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Pocky and Toffee are cute. Pocky and Toffee are cute. (laughs) And if you want to appreciate their cuteness... You can join our Patreon. Yes, you can join our Patreon for just $1 a month. You get videos of Toffee turning off lights. Oh. <laughs> There's just a lot of cat content on there. There, there is also, a lot of kitty content. You could also get our merch of our kittens. And it's so cute. We got the kitten collection. So you can mm-hmm. check out our merch page on Shopify. And uh, yeah, we have the kitten collection in both mug, sticker, and t-shirt form. So if you have not checked out the kitten merch you should because i'm just saying it looks pretty cute yes it does and you get a discount code on that kitten merch if you join our patreon shameless plugs out here shameless plugs and if you haven't already make sure that you rate us five stars if you enjoy this podcast wherever you listen to the podcast whether that's on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a like on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Do whatever you can. We appreciate it no matter what so that we can appease the algorithm gods. And just have a good time. And just have a good time. Yeah. But if you didn't like it, you don't have to do any of those things. We're not going to twist your arm. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's whatever. Live your dream. <laughs> but as always, we hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day, a fantastic rest of your week, and why not even a fantastic rest of your month? And we will see you next Wednesday. Later. See ya.